Craft Fear Radio, episode 355 on October 31st, 2015. <laughs> welcome one, welcome all to Craft Fear Radio, where we are starting very scarily with three pumpkin beers. Uh, we're going to try these out. We're going to basically go quickly through these and see if any of them are in any way... Notable. Yeah. Worthy of inspiration. So join us as we go through our scary, haunted vestige of Halloween. Okay, so let's start with... we got two from Boston Beer here. We'll start with the, the one with the more plain name. This is Pumpkin Batch. Sounds good to me. So Pumpkin Batch... They use two-row pale malt and cara foam, East Kent Goldings and Fuggles. They say they have real pumpkin roasted malts and spices like cinnamon, ginger, and nutmeg. So pumpkin, real pumpkin, cinnamon, ginger, nutmeg, and allspice. Extraordinarily similar to the uh, Fat Jack Jack we just had yesterday by our count (laughs) a week ago, Mm -hmm. if you're listening. 5.6% alcohol by volume on this 126 IPUs. Nice and clear, but smells very much like a spice beer. Mm-hmm. It's not as cinnamony as the fat as the uh, fat jack, mm-hmm. but you're still getting uh, clove nutmeg. Uh, this it, it, there's so much of just spice aroma coming through. Mm-hmm. I'm not really getting anything else. Yeah, the flavor is really piling on the spice as well. It's pretty much what you'd expect. This one kind of has a little bit of a sharp tanginess on the flavor. I would want something a little more malty to back it up, you know? Yeah. It's kind of thin and strange is not the right word, but there's the spicing, I think. Maybe the spicing like is, is kind of drawing my tongue out. There's a lot of ginger on this, and that's pretty powerful, and that's hitting... Yeah, it's... I mean, if, if you like spice beers, this is a, a lot of spice thrown at you. Um, I agree that some malting would have really helped here. A, another pumpkin beer where I can't taste pumpkin. All right. So now we have the Harvest Pumpkin Ale, also from Sam Adams. These two were, uh, give, were presented to us by Sam Adams. This is the Harvest Pumpkin, like Jeff said, East Kent Goldies and Fuggles, Sam Adams Two Row Pale, Cara 60 Special B and Smoke Malt. So a little bit more of a malt variety in this one. Uh, the same spices, pumpkin, cinnamon, ginger, nutmeg, and allspice. 5.7% alcohol by okay. volume, 14 IBUs. It less, it's darker in uh, color. The last one was much more mm-hmm. sort of amber, and this has uh, more of a cola-like color to it. Yeah, the aroma on this one has a little more maltiness to it. It's just not all spices and water. Um, you know, a little more maltiness. It's something that's kind of reminiscent, a little bit of molasses, but I think that's probably the other spices, you know, kind of giving me that more, or maybe it's just kind of a family, uh, uh, trait or conditioning, you know, where, you know, when I'm tasting some kind of, uh, dessert that uses molasses, probably also has cinnamon and things like that, you know, so maybe I'm getting pulled that way just because of uh, flavors that are often paired. Has a fuller body to it. Doesn't quite have that apparent astringency that I noticed in the last one, which I think was just kind of a spice drying on my tongue. This one's more drinkable than the first one. 
This one has more of a sort of bready undertone. It definitely has malt mm-hmm. that comes with it that mellows out the spices. You're not getting all spice. You're you're, you're getting something more. Um, I might even taste some pumpkin in here. Or it just could be the malts are giving me something. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, I mean, but this one gives, is a little more chewy. It gives you something. So, this one's one of the better pumpkin beers that I've had this season. Mm-hmm. Right, pumpkin batch, scary pumpkin batch. No, this is the harvest pumpkin. I'm sorry, harvest pumpkin. Harvest pumpkin. I said I had some uh, Halloween jokes, so I wanted to get a few going. All right. Uh, who did Frankenstein take to the prom? I don't know who. His ghoul friend. <laughs> What does skeletons say before they begin eating? Um, it's gonna get messy. Bone appetite. I, I thought it'd be a pun about the food would fall out or something. Mm. <coughs> uh, what monster flies his kite in a rainstorm? Uh, Frankenstein. Benjamin Frankenstein. Benjamin Frankenstein. <laughs> All right, so our third pumpkin beer and final pumpkin beer of the night is the Saranac Pumpkin Ale. Uh, we picked this up last weekend when I was up at Utica, New York. And um, malts that are used: Maris Otter and Wheat Hops are Bravo. Don't have any other information on their site. What about on the actual beer itself? Fifteen IBUs, five warmers in alcohol by volume. <laughs> Pumpkin and spices with natural flavors added. So this one actually has a smell of hops to it. Mm, yeah, it does. It has definitely some hop thing going on. The color is eh, golden, t- bronzish, maybe. Along with the hops, it, it's not... Cre- I mean, I'm not really smelling nutmeg. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a little bit of spicing in there, but it's not like spice bombs like the last couple that uh, Boston Beard made. Are you getting any kind of gordiness? Oh, there's a nice spicing in the flavor, right? A kind of vanilla type thing? Yeah, there's there's definitely some upfront kind of... Yeah, vanilla or... Um, with, yeah... For vanilla, <laughs> but it works. I, I like this. I mean, so maybe you know, I just don't like the traditional um, nutmeg, clove, cinnamon. They say they use ginger, lots of real pumpkin, over nearly three thousand pounds. Over a ton of pumpkin is used in this beer. That's it. It almost has a taste more of like a Christmas beer with that vanilla type note to it, but. Uh, it's interesting. It's definitely different from the. This is others, not what you'd expect. The right? rest of the stampede of pumpkin beers that are out there. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they are using essentially the same thing that that uh, in terms of their spicing: cinnamon, allspice, cloves, and ginger. Huh. It doesn't come across like yeah your it, average it, pumpkin beer. It's not. Uh, it's not nutmeg. In, in, yeah. Instead, it's cloves. Okay. Right. Um, so that could be giving a little bit of a different thing than the Sam Adams, but it's, I mean, they're just using a different recipe. Doesn't say anything about vanilla. 
Does not say anything about vanilla. Huh. But I'm tasting it. I definitely taste it. Oh, it's a super strong vanilla flavor. Mm-hmm. But, um, I don't know how they're getting it, but it sure... I like that. That was good. Yeah, that that's a decent... That's, it's, it's still a spice beer. It's still an herb spice beer, mm-hmm. I think, but yeah. you get some qualities there that you're not getting most They're of. flavors that work good in yeah. a beer. Mm-hmm. Where, As opposed to flavors that work good in pie. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So kudos, Saranac. Mm-hmm. That was a good pumpkin beer. All right, that ends the pumpkin portion of our programming. Scary as it was. <laughs> it was scary. So the shtick for the rest of the show is beers with scary things on the labels. <laughs> Obviously a well-thought-out show. Yes, absolutely. Let's start with the Troganator Double Bock. Because it has a scary goat man on the label. Scary. So... Box are uh, pretty malty beers, malty lagers. Double box are doubly so. This is 8.2% alcohol by volume, 25 IBUs. We have had this a couple times before. I think it is one of my favorite of Trogue's offerings. Uh, I guess it's between this and Mad Elf, I think. That's a good question. Um... Most of these Pilsner Munich. Sunshine Pills would have. I, I think I like Sunshine Pills better than both of the ones you just mentioned. Okay. That's a really good beer. Malt, uh, Pilsner Munich and Chocolate. Hops hat, uh, Magnum German Northern Brewer and a Lager Yeast. Uh, Sunshine Pills is also a great beer. I'm just saying mm-hmm. yeah. my preference is, I oh, think. Sure. Uh, Came in a pounder can. And uh, so this beer is kind of a, a dark brown with ruby highlights very clear this um i don't know about 2015 i know about this year but last year it won gold at the great american beer fest 2013 it won gold always in the bach category Mm -hmm. other beers win in the doppelbach category they don't they enter this they enter it where they know it's gonna yeah do well lots of awards (laughs) lots of awards this guy's an award So the aroma... The, the color is sort of, we should say, kind of a really dark kind of ruby. Mm-hmm. Yep. The, um, the aroma in this guy, it's that malty, toasty type thing. Because, again, Doppelbox typically have that decoction mash that we just talked about last week. Mm-hmm. Where the um, to raise the temperature of the mash in traditional brewing, where you couldn't apply heat to your mash down, because it's often wood, you would take some of the mash out boil it in your stone or steel metal vessel and then put it back in the mash and to raise the temperature and that helps better convert some of the uh, less well modified grains or more historic grains you would have to do those step mashes to get good conversions out of it get get your nice so so the maltiness and the flavors from the decoction were not the primary reason that brewers would do this to start off with they did it to get their money's worth out of their right. grain and it was just a side effect of how they had to make the beer economical, right? So they wouldn't weren't throwing sugar down the you know out in the field. The the process reminded me a little bit of how Stein beers work, where you put in hot rocks and you get a lot of caramelization around the surface of the rock. It, it, it's a similar uh, similar historic thing because before you could apply direct heat to brewing vessels because you made a wood barrel right. or something, or maybe just a hollowed out wooden trunk. Um, and you're brewing your beer in this thing, you couldn't put that over a fire. So you would get the hot, the rock super hot, 
and you would boil the beer from the inside by throwing the hot rocks into the... So it's kind of the same idea, right? Where you're making a portion of the mash really hot, but Mm -hmm. only 212 degrees as opposed to several hundred more degrees where the rocks would be. The rocks would typically be heated... You know, with a high thermal mass, you know, several, you know, five, six, seven hundred degrees. But you have the advantage that beer is mostly water and water has a high, it has a specific heat. So it's hard to get it really that hot. It's hard to get it to that high temperature without it, without it radiating its heat away into other, into other stuff. So it's, it's hard to get, water takes a lot of energy to get to high Uh temperatures. So you have that sort of protection. Well, sure. Okay. Yeah. And, but you still have a lot of energy in a, piece of granite that is 600 degrees Mm -hmm. Um, it means that that the granite is slower to radiate its heat than it might otherwise well but it boils for a while Mm -hmm. and uh but i mean i really don't want to get too far off the track but uh yes i mean scary physics yes (laughs) but but you know that's where decoction was Mm -hmm. it was more of a necessity to get all the uh conversion out of your grains and as current as modern grains are they call it well modified they don't necessarily need a step mash to get your money's worth out of it you know to get all the conversion you want um but some styles have arisen to to have the flavor profiles of certain brewing methods right and this is definitely one of those right it'd be really hard to brew a doppelbach and not do a decoction mash on it i mean you'd have to get some specialty grains that were designed to mimic the flavor profiles of decoction mashing and that's the only way you could do it. You know, there's no other shortcut. So when you uh, are tasting this, this is uh, a beer that I'm pretty sure, I don't know if my mom has had it, I'm pretty sure she'd like it. There's a lot of really nice caramel uh, multi-qualities coming through. Uh, not very high on the hopper. <clears throat> Uh, just enough to to make it so it doesn't linger as a, a big sweet. It's a little on the strong side too. Yeah. It's eight point two percent ABV. Actually, we haven't even tasted this beer yet, so you haven't. You haven't. Oh, you've been drinking <laughs> over there. Huh? Well, I've been talking about. Me- you asking me all these questions about brewing, and you're drinking the beer. I see how you are. And so the aroma, it's kind of, it's not as um, as like uh bread crusty like white bread like toasty as i would have thought there's a little more maltiness so even i would dare say some caramel type aromas coming off of this just a little bit yeah i, I would think um caramel popcorn mm-hmm. it smells good i'm gonna <laughs> okay. take a sip here all right another joke for you what kind of mistakes do ghosts make um i don't know Boo-boos. Boo-boos. Oh, man. Beer. Pay attention to the beer. Stop reading more horrible Halloween jokes. What do you get when you cross Bambi with a ghost? What? Bamboo. Oh, that's... That's not good. (laughs) See, you're you're distracting me. Now I forget what I was going to say about the beer, so stop it. I'm sorry, I must have made a boo-boo. Mm-hmm. You think people are enjoying this? You do? I am. Whether people are enjoying it is kind of not the point. <laughs> okay. See, you're killing me, man. 
I like take like four sips of this beer and I don't remember any of the flavors. Well, go ahead. Take the beer. Okay, so it's it's obviously multi and sweet up front. It's not too sweet. It's not cloying or anything like that. It's it's dry enough, and you really get some good. Uh, it's it's more toasty than toffee, but it's kind of a mix. And there's a little bit of toffee. There's a touch of caramel. They're kind yeah. of just dancing around mm-hmm. there. And it's uh, if you like big multi sweet beers, you know, this, and then this Troconator is one of the ways to go. I mean, it really goes down nice. It, it really bathes you in a lot of those rich multi flavors. It's really really good. It's, it's for for what it is. It's it's smooth. I mean, it's not something you would necessarily expect the top to be but it, it does really go down very smoothly it has uh high alcohol so you're getting a nice warming from it but without it really feeling mm. yeah it, it's not boozy i when i was smelling it i thought maybe just barely i could smell a little mm-hmm. bit of booziness a little bit of alcoholicness on the nose but it's well hidden in there the 8.2 percent a real quick story i think i've told this on I'm, I'm sure i told this on the air before but i'll keep it extra quick uh, a bunch of years ago when three sons dogs and suds bottle shop was open they had a regular customer who was, you know, a bit of an alcoholic, I guess, or, you know, one of those guys. And he would buy, like, the 25-ounce bottles of Heineken. But he's also was an enterprising drunk. Uh And he realized it was uh, a better buzz per dollar to drink Doppelbox. So this guy who didn't give a shit about flavor in beer was drinking this world-class Doppelbox because in Pittsburgh he could get the best buzz per dollar uh, drinking Troganator. That's just economics. <laughs> I would say this is frightfully good. Would you know? You never can figure out Greg. You know, he's like doing these ridiculous, horrible puns, and he's normally like so far above this kind of humor. <laughs> the The point of having a day like this is you get to revel in it. But you just reveled in the Star Wars trailer. Aren't you done reveling in... <laughs> what? Well, the whole Star Wars trailer thing when you're posting all those goofy tweets. You've already hit, played this key, this uh, game. It's a fun game to play. Alright, what's next? What's next? Let's do the... Uh, we should uh, probably do our thingy. Our thingy? Yeah. The thingy? Okay. Hey, everybody! If you are a fan of this kind of show, (laughs) you may not want to listen to this show all the time, but... When you do listen to this kind of show, and you you want to support this kind of nonsense, then what you want to do is when you go shopping, Christmas season is really near upon us, you're going to be doing a lot of shopping online, Always go to craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon when you start your shopping session. Uh, every single time, then the referral link will always be tagged. And no matter what you buy, it doesn't cost you a penny more. Amazon gives us a nice little referral. It's fee. a spooktacular deal. Yes, it's spooktacular. I'd say it's ghoulishly delightful. We'll have to check on Amazon Anonymous if anyone's purchased any Halloween costumes. So we did Amazon Anonymous last night when we recorded last week's show, but uh, this year we'll this tonight we'll focus on Halloween themed purchases. Ooh, scary, eerie. 
craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. Just just remember to go there. really helps us out. helps support the show. All right. <coughs> so, we have the Avery that we're going with. Yeah, let's do the Avery. This is really scary. This is uh, Avery Brewing Company's The Demons of Ale series. This is Sam Ale's Ale. Sam Ale's. S-A-M-A-E-L-S. Fallen Angel, I believe, right? No idea. So they call it a oak-aged ale at, uh, whoa, what? Seriously? What is it? 15 to 17% alcohol oh, by volume. you know. It's a baby beer. <laughs> wow, okay. Session beer, man. Session beer. <laughs> yes. Now we're getting into scary stuff. Jeez. They say uh, Columbus and Sterling hops, malts, two-row barley, Simpson caramel, 150, Victory, Munich, special roast. So lots of, lots of big roasty stuff going on here. It's not uh, often we get to use the Xylus on a 12-ounce bottle, but I think we will for this. Turbinado sugar. Uh, it's oak age and raw American and toasted American oak. Uh, 41 IBUs. And uh, it the color is... This is batch number 11 from May 2015. <laughs> color is a kind of caramelish color. Sort of a tan. The Which one is this? So yeah, this is, but like I said, May 2013, 2015 rather, and I'm looking for alkali volume. 14.6. 14.6. It has definitely a spirits type nose on it. I mean, there's the oak in there, but it's 15% beer, 14% beer right so there's a bit of a whiskey type aroma coming yeah. off this combination of the oak does it say what kind of oak new oak used oak they said uh new oak and used oak okay, uh, it's blended raw sure. american and toasted american okay uh but it, it's chips from what i understand chips uh okay it's age on chips not asian bottles age on chips it's that's fine but yeah i mean it definitely from the first sniff it has a whiskey type character to it you know so if you yeah. if you like bourbons and whiskeys you know then this beer it's volatilizing a lot. So there's a lot of yeah, vanilla oaky stuff coming off. You can definitely smell the fresh oak in there. The thing that's kind of a little more resiny and sappy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, you definitely when you do a bourbon barrel aged beer, you get completely different notes off of the beer where it tastes and smells more like bourbon, but also some of the well, more Well, I mean it's caramel- not a, it's not directly exposed to the wood, right? It's exposed to more char. Yeah. And the wood kind of soaks in. All right, right. You get more yeah. of the caramel stuff. And yeah, if they're using untoasted fresh American oak, then um, they use those in wine barrels. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you did like... Actually, I've had a beer before, which I don't remember which one, what, what beer it was, but I know I've had a beer that was 100% fresh American oak non-char. And yeah, it was like sappy astringent you know it tastes like a tree definitely yeah it tastes like a tree it, it's kind of thing where it gives neat things but you can't drink it straight it needs to be blended and that's what they did here they blended like four kinds of barrels or four kinds of oak into this thing they call this sellable for 10 plus years i don't doubt it with that mm-hmm. kind of alcohol by volume the um yeah, I mean, the aroma the aroma is enjoyable for me. It's definitely boozy, definitely alcoholic and whiskey like. I'm not sure if I'm gonna get much more. Well, let me try. Let me try. Let me try to put on my whiskey tasting gloves right. here and see if I can uh, pull some more notes out of it. Um, 
the uh, like I said, that sappiness leads. There's something that's kind of like uh, um, bread pudding or something like that. Kind of like the crusty part. Like if you had a really crusty bread pudding, I smell a little bit of that. And I swear I smell like white wine grapes or something like that. Like white wine grape skins or something like that as well. Wow. I just took a sip. That's, um... I don't have words quite to put to that. It's really, really sweet up front. Mm -hmm. Um, That turbido sugar is hitting it strong. Um... It, that hits it strong. It comes out pretty sweet. It doesn't really taste like a whiskey because yeah. it has all that sweetness in it. It does kind of have some notes of like a dessert wine, but it, it kind of pulls away from there pretty quickly because of the more caramelly and things like that, right? So you, you kind of get this jam sweetness up front, mm-hmm. but then it pulls a caramel turn on you real quick. So you really don't have a long time to compare it to a dessert wine, but there's a little bit of like some kind of like strawberry jam or something. No, in I'm there. with you. It kind of lingers on as this sort of sweet, slightly sugary, um, maybe just kind of a little oversweet toffee. So not quite the type toffee you might mm-hmm. think, but a little like a more sweet version of toffee. That hmm, maybe some of the vanilla from the oak is coming mm-hmm. in a little bit there too. Yeah. Uh, you know, we poured pretty small samples. I think we're only drinking about three ounces each on this because we just didn't want to get run away with yeah. that 15%. Uh, we'll see if that's enough to evaluate because as I'm tasting this, I think I'm getting more accustomed to the sappiness of the fresh oak. I'm not noticing it's not as abrasive up front. And I'm really curious to see how over the next sip or two, how I pull out other things because that flavor is kind of getting, I'm getting more accustomed to it. Mm. Uh. I'm getting this, um, yeah, so like after those things we just talked about, I am getting these notes of kind of like a, a white wine. Like a, uh, I don't know my white wine super well. I want to say kind of a sweeter one, of course, with all the sweetness in it. But I'm getting this like kind of, I don't know, maybe like a Riesling type type flavor or okay. something like that. It just comes and goes real quick, but there's definitely this grapiness. It doesn't taste that, oaky like a Chardonnay. It doesn't have that kind of... But it, mm-hmm. Chardonnay tend to be kind of dry, right? right? Um, it, it, it doesn't taste directly oaky. It's, it tastes more tangentially oaky. But I think that's all the it's sugar fun. kind of overpowering the, the yeah, resin. That the turbinado sugar, that's kind of playing into that uh, bread pudding comment mm-hmm. that I made earlier. It's taking me back there. And towards the end of the flavor, you get some bread pudding or cinnamon roll, and kind of that cinnamon roll breadiness. You know, the middle parts where it's nice and moist instead of the outside parts. But uh, you know, this beer has a lot going on it. It's really fun to taste and kind of walk through. And uh, I'm enjoying this one. It definitely has has a lot of character to explore. I'm not sure whether I mean. I enjoy having a lot of character explore. I'm not sure whether I'm truly enjoying the beer that much as opposed you know to what just... I'll, okay, so, uh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I just had a foot. So because there's that big booziness, but then there's the other sweetness things, it's also coming across a bit of like a beer cocktail or something. You know, maybe like, uh, 
An old fashioned doesn't okay, quite so an old can, fashioned doesn't quite nail it, but you know what I'm saying? Where it's kind of like with the sweet sugar and the alcohol boozy, you can mm-hmm. sort of get a little bit of a rum quality there. Okay. Yeah, I was thinking I'm trying to think of other like whiskey cocktails. But you know, because like something a little bit sweeter than an old fashioned, or maybe an old fashioned with an extra cherry. You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> I I just don't I don't really feel like a a, a, a bourbon or whiskey quality here, even though okay. Uh, and that's what I would expect out of an old fashioned. I, mm-hmm. I would expect some of that note, and I'm not getting okay. that. Sure. So that's why I'm thinking more rum. Well, I mean, all that sugar flavor, right? That really yeah. comes across like a molasses or sugar cane. And yeah, so rum is definitely in the ballpark. It's in play, too. All righty. It's, it's, it's in this weird zone where it's like I'd recommend it to taste it. I don't know if I'd recommend it as a. I, I would definitely recommend it. I okay. would definitely recommend that. I mean, this is a kind of beer where you split a 12 ounce bottle three ways and you're cool. And then you take 20 minutes to kind of work. Sure. Through it. You know, this as is as long as you approach it that way, I can see it. I mean, you don't even have to spend time talking about it, but I mean, this is so flavorful. I mean, this could be your cigar beer. Yeah. This could be. Cigar is probably go well with something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not really qualified to recommend cigar beers, but I could imagine it working. All right, so the next beer, this one has a spooky, abominable snowman on it. And this is the uh, Oatmeal Yeti from Great Divide. Scary spooky. So this is their Yeti Imperial Stout, but with oatmeal. 9.5% alcohol volume. Uh, One of their recommendations for pairings is duck poutine. Duck poutine. Oh, let's get some of that. <laughs> I would happily have duck food. Too. Shut up, sloth. <laughs> sloth love chunk. Okay. The aroma on this one, it's a big jump from the last beer. Yeah. The last beer was big and sweet and jammy and cinnamon and, you know, all that. This oatmeal stout, um, oatmeal imperial stout, when you smell it, the first thing when you're coming off a transition is you're smelling how kind of dark and um, roasty and roasty leading towards like burnt, ashy astringency. Because, I mean, coming off transition, that's what you're smelling. There's something else in here, and I'm curious to see if you'll pick it up. There is a ingredient that is added, an adjunct that is mm-hmm. added to this. It's not necessarily typical for your <clears throat> imperial stout. Okay. I'm smelling something that's uh, not so great on there. There's a, there's a tiny little acetone infection happening in this guy. It's the last tiny little fingernail polish remover. Could be the case. Could be the special ingredient. <laughs> the more I try to agitate and smell it, the stronger that's getting, so I'm going to ignore that part. All right. Mmm. Yeah. yeah, it feels a little Yeah, uh, infected, doesn't it? Yes, I think... Uh, Let's go find a different beer to drink. Okay, so this is... The extra ingredient was raisins. I don't think that would cause... Mm. I don't think this beer's right. I think it's spoiled. I think so, too. 
We're going to pause and grab something else. All right, we are back with the final spooky Imperial Stout. It's definitely spooky. It's from Port Brewing. It's Santa's little helper. It's spooky because it doesn't have Santa Claus on it. It has a black silhouette where Santa used to be. Whoa, Black Santa. Bam, balam. Whoa, Black Santa. Bam, balam. And that's because... Oh. Uh, um, Label battle battle. What's his name? <laughs> Jesus Christ! What you doing, Gregory? <laughs> Spilled water on my notebook. Oh no! Got a little bit on your laptop too. I don't think it's no, just no? a little bit. Yeah, just a little yeah. bit. Nothing actually inside of it. The um, yeah, uh, battle battle. What's his name? The TTB label approver guy doesn't like Santa Claus on beer labels. It has sand in the name. That's and that's okay. fine. No, it is okay, because kids can't read. But kids can see Santa Claus and think, hey, I want to drink that, because it has... So you're allowed to have the elf and Rudolph on the uh-huh. label, just not Santa Claus. The kids really think, oh, that has Santa on it, that means I can drink it. It doesn't matter what the kids really do. It only matters, matters what Battle thinks the kids will do. So 10% alcohol by volume, Magnum and Centennial. This is a late October, November seasonal, so this is probably a year old. Yeah, it's year old. Purchased myself. No obligation to say how great it is because Tommy gave it to us. <laughs> I, I wouldn't stick by that obligation unless it actually was great. I know. Being big head on this guy. So poured with a pretty big shaving cream, uh, quick colored head, and like if I'm doing the whole tilt and twist thing, it just covers the yeah. edge of the glass with like this thick foam. Rome on this one. It's also kind of that really dark roast where it's bordering on ashy to me. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like rich in chocolatey. It's it's dark, ro- extra roasty. Bordering on ashy. Smelling a little bit of things, kind of like chicory or licorice coming off of it. What does a ghost eat for lunch? What does a ghost eat for lunch? A bouloni sandwich. Ah, ha, 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 ha. This is the funniest jokes ever. Where do mummies go for a swim? Where do mummies go for a swim? The Dead Sea. Ha, 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 ha. Oh, how about this? Where does Dracula water ski? I don't know. Where does Dracula water Where ski? Where do you go for vacation? Lake Erie. Ha, 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 <laughs> ha, Oh, Get all your jokes out before I try to remember what this beer tastes like. Mm. Anymore? Are you good? We'll see. The, the window's closing until we're done tasting this beer. You better get one more in. One more? If you must. No, I think I'm done. Okay, the window's yeah. closed yeah. until right. I'm done reviewing this beer. Alright, so yeah, the aroma's not really changing much. I'm what do the birds, <laughs> what did the birds sing on Halloween? Twicker tweet. I 
We should play this background sound bed all the time. It, it hides all the little like burps and throat sounds that we make. <laughs> yeah, this beer is not chocolatey at all. No, it's really ashy yeah. and over roasty and astringent. Yeah. So let's warm it up a whole bunch <laughs> because it just came out of the fridge. So they say, um, so this is the description on, on the site. Santa's little helper, our imperial stout, starts with an emphasis on dark cocoa and roasted coffee aromatics. The finish lends hints of sweet crystal malt, warming tones of alcohol, and touch of hops, making a perfect accompaniment. Blah, blah, blah. Um, I'm not getting any I'm of I'm just that. getting, I mean, maybe, maybe I can get a little bit of hoppy notes that are going along with the sort of ashy astringency, mm-hmm. but I'm not getting. Roasted coffee, dark cocoa, only in the fact that it's bitter. There, there's, um, you know, all the things I like, kind of the, the soy, the booziness, you know, the chocolate, mm-hmm. the roast, the things I look for in Pearl Stout. I'm not getting any of that. You know, this kind of feels like some beers that call themselves like an American double stout type thing, mm-hmm. um, which generally has more roasty and, and malty tones to it. But this is... Like I said, it's just this side of burnt and ashy, and it's really one note in what it's delivering. It's kind of surprising. I don't think the time... I mean, it's been in the fridge almost the whole year. I can't imagine the time for a 11% Imperial Stout. That doesn't... Did, it, yeah, I mean... Yeah, it shouldn't it, have It faded. doesn't... It, it doesn't have an infection or anything. No. It's just really, really overcooked. The malt mm-hmm. is really overdone. So you get this, yeah, like like blackness on a steak. Like, you know, when mm-hmm. you char yeah. up uh, in, and you're just tasting carbon, you're not tasting the melanoidins, you're not tasting the sugars, you're just tasting carbon yeah. and astringency. Um, I'm with you. I'm with you on that. Not really that good. No, it's, uh, it's. I mean, you know, it's lost. It's poor brewing. I'm. I'm surprised at what we're drinking. It's. It's. It almost feels like like you know mediocre homebrew type imperial stuff. Yeah. I mean, a clean mediocre homebrew, but still like not a great formula. I'm. I'm really surprised. I, I'm not trying to make a grand spectacle of, of slamming port brewing. I'm just kind of taken aback at this beer. You don't expect port brewing to make a beer that doesn't, that isn't of a certain level of quality. I yeah, and, and this beer is like, just a beer. It's, yeah. there's I can't find anything that is average or above average for an imperial stout. I mean, it, it's, it's all kind of like, D-student. Yeah. This is scary. It is scary. I guess it's time to go into rankings. Yeah. Um, are we going to put in all the pumpkin beers? Um, Did we taste them well enough, or just the ones we liked? Or I think we agreed that we'd only put in just the <clears throat> ones that, uh, because I mean, okay. Yeah. So the, I think the two Sam Adams aren't going to be ranked then, right? I think that's. But, I mean, you didn't think the Harvest Pumpkin was noteworthy of the ranking, was it? It was definitely better than the pumpkin batch. Right. Do you want to rank it? 
Yeah, I, I okay. guess so. All right, Harvest Pumpkin. Pumpkin Batch, well, compared, compared to the Santa's Little Helper, where do you put it? Um, I still put Pumpkin Batch in last place. Okay. Yeah, I think you're right, but just by hair, really. Yeah. All right. So uh, from the bottom for me, uh, I'm going to Pumpkin Batch, the Santa's Little Helper. Yeah, I, I don't want to make a big deal out of, you know, like, oh, my God, the, lost, the poor brewing made a bad beer. It's just this Santa's Little Helper. I'm disappointed, and there's not really much going on there to even talk about. Okay, and then let's go to the Harvest Pumpkin from Samuel Adams. This beer had more going on to it, more uh, body, a little bit more of the maltiness, and it wasn't um, a horrible a pumpkin beer it wasn't a run of the mill it was it was slightly ahead of the pack of the mm-hmm. giant huge pack of pumpkin beers and then i'm going to put the saranac pumpkin ale um but it was like much it was like a big leap in improvement i really liked the saranac pumpkin ale's flavor profile uh, it pulled those big vanilla flavors. Their uh, ingredients don't really mention vanilla, so they maybe they got it other ways. I'm thinking of like Anderson Valley Winter Solstice, which pulls the similar kind of vanilla notes from from mm-hmm. malts. Um, uh, yeah, that beer was really drinkable. I'm happy that I have a few more of those in the fridge and can drink those because I mean that's one of the best quote unquote pumpkin beers. Certainly and since, since none of them really taste like the gourd, the, you know, almost none of them, you know, why not go with a spice profile that you like better than the typical? And and I like the Saranac spice profile. And for me, I'm going to put the Troganator number two tonight. It's, it's a great beer, but I really like digging into the Samuel Azale. And um, I just enjoyed drinking that. It There was... Some interesting flavors in, in it. So, Troganator, it is a stalwart, right? Mm-hmm. It is a beer from way back, and it's just as good now as it ever was. And really great malty beer with lots of complexity. You can really enjoy it and get into it. But uh, a testament to the same Ale is I'm going to put it in front of it because it was a better... I, I, was, I had more fun exploring that beer. It gave me a lot of facets to look at. And they were all generally pretty good in, in the flavors. And I just really enjoyed that beer tonight. Okay. Well, my rankings are as follows. At the bottom, I also put the pumpkin batch. It was just herbs and water. Or spices and water, I should say. Yeah. It was just nothing that I really wanted to drink or um, interested in drinking. Uh, next is Port Brewing, which, again, is an imperial style. There's really not a, not anything I really want to drink. Um, it's it's ashy. It's over. It's mm-hmm. overdone. I'm just not uh, a fan of it at all. Uh, so I'm going to pour out the rest of that. Then we get onto the stuff that was better. Uh, I'm going to put Avery in fourth place. I kind of felt like I wasn't I wasn't too wasn't jonesing too much on the flavor and what was going on in the Avery. I, I appreciated what I was trying to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I appreciated the novelty. Little too, um, little too sweet, little too over, over sweet for me, I guess. Okay, so it wasn't wasn't my cup of tea. Going to put the Harvest Pumpkin in third place. Uh, finally, the uh, Sam Adams Pumpkin beer, where the spices didn't completely overpower the rest of the beer. Everything else, yeah. 
then the second place to Saranac, which, as you said, was just a, da- a good ale, regardless of whether it was a pumpkin ale or not. It was finally flavors that work well in beer, mm-hmm. as opposed to trying to adapt a beer to pumpkin pie. Right. I think that that's the true that that's the the trick. And then the Trogues never won that. How you can't go wrong. Can't go wrong. Sounds good to me. Well, you know what that means. That's the end of the show. I think it. it... I guess this. Oh, you should remember it from 30 Rock. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. You can visit craftbeerradio.com for more information. If you want to contact us, you can hit us up on Twitter at Craft Beer Radio. You can hit us up in email beer at Craft Beer Radio. And we hope you enjoyed this ridiculous, spooky show. Craft Fear Radio. Of Craft Fear Radio. And uh, now that we got this nonsense out of our systems, we'll be back next week with uh, a very. Uh, we should do another show. We can put out an All Saints Day and just do like this very holy and pious show. <laughs> oh. But anyway, thanks everyone for listening. We'll see you. Talk to you again real soon. Hey man, where'd you learn all these Jewish words? My manager Harvey Lemmings. Werewolf vomits for spooky, scary. Boys becoming men, men becoming wolves. I don't. I just don't think this. The idea of the song can sustain itself for that long.